Blog Talk Radio. You have tuned in to the Sports Docket with Ace Man and the Cross. The best sports radio show on Blog Talk Radio. The Mets head to Atlanta off-road blowout. The Yankees are in progress right now in the rubber game. The Rangers are this close from touching a playoff spot. And the unpredictable NCAA Final Four is coming up this Saturday. It's all coming up next on the docket. Welcome to episode 38 of Ace Man on the Quas. Mets and the Yankees, of course, got their season underway this week. The Rangers are looking for a playoff spot, as the Quas mentioned in the open. I'm Stephen Ackerman. And I'm Ethan Quas, and welcome to episode 38 for Thursday night, April 3rd in the year 2008. Joining us at about 8.05, which is a few minutes from now, will be Eric Simon, uh, covers the Mets over at AmazingAvenue.com a very popular Mets blog and forum. So uh, we're happy to have him on to talk Mets baseball as we look into the Atlanta Braves series. And, Stephen, i got to say, it was a hell of a game yesterday. Uh, the Mets they just knocked the ball all over the place. Carlos Beltran hit three doubles, should have had a home run there. Yep. And, and the Mets uh, took care of business in Florida. A nice way to come out there uh, after Pedro went down. But, it, as you know, with the Mets, is always a big question mark. After a blowout, their offense seems to go cold, as you saw last year. But oh, yeah, I think time... uh, we'll be fine without Pedro. He, you know, he's just, uh, expected to be out four to six weeks, of course, mm-hmm. uh, with the strained hammy that he suffered on uh, Thursday night. Um, the only concern that I have for him uh, after his hamstring injury is that sometimes when pitchers get a leg injury, um, you know, when they come back, they're not quite a hundred percent. And then they put more strain on other uh, uh, joints in their, uh, you know, pitching, like their arm. So Pedro ends up, you know, changing his motion just a slight bit. That could really affect his arm. I really uh, would hate for that to happen to him. I really, you know, you really feel bad for the guy. Uh, you know, he worked to, you know, he worked his butt off in uh, spring training. He worked his butt off in September last year. And, you know, the first game of the season he gets hurt. I mean, you knew he was going to get hurt at some point. But to be hurt this fast really kind of sucks for Pedro and the Mets. Yeah, Pedro is an extremely fragile player, and the Mets know that. But uh, to see the way he went down like that also, not to mention the injury, but he also he started off the season on a very bad note. I mean, he gave out a couple home runs. The one to Luis Gonzalez was a bomb. And, uh, the, and of course, he gave one to Dan Ugla as well, two-run shot to start the year. So not a good start for Pedro in 2008. Hopefully, as he goes down the road, We'll see uh, more of Pedro and more of him uh, having quality outings. But, of course, you've got to be happy with what we have with Johan Santana. Everything is advertised. Yep, uh, I just got my Johan Santana jersey tonight. Sweet. So, uh, right. And, and you got it before it goes up, so that's good as well. I mean, yeah. I mean, Well, of course, Johan, he looked great. Oliver Perez looked great as well. Oliver didn't give up a run in six innings last night, six quality innings. No, so, yeah, we, we will be talking uh, to Mets uh, blogger from Amazing Avenue, of course, uh, cover 805. And after that, we'll take your phone calls, of course, at 1-646-478-5118. By the way, it's good to be back. Uh, I missed you guys for a few weeks, but uh, the Ace Man is back. He had some business to attend to, but he's back and better than ever. He sure is. And, uh, of course, you talked about Santana before. I'm, I'm sure we'll ask Eric when he comes on about this. But, you know, Johan Santana didn't even hit uh, 90 miles per hour on the Raider gun, barely touched it during the game, and still came out there well, with seven sh- strong innings and uh, eight strikeouts. So, well, yeah, I, I mean, he wasn't throwing as hard as he, you know, could. But I thought I thought watching the game he hit 91, 92, and a few occasional 93s. I mean, uh, when he's really on, though, when he's really popping the fastball, I guess he could hit 94, 95. But with his stuff, with his changeup at, at 78, and he has a solid slider. He throws about 83, 84 miles an hour. Uh, he really doesn't need his fastball to be 95 to get people out. You know, he could throw it at 92, 91. 
even uh, in the high 80s and still get people out. You know, as Ron Darling always says on SNY, uh, as long as you have, you know, 10 to 12 mile per hour uh, difference in uh, velocity between your fastball and your changeup, uh, it'll be successful. Especially because Santana moves his changeup a few different ways. You know, to the righties, he could uh, put the changeup low and in, and he could also tail it away. So it's really unpredictable. It's a very tough pitch to hit. And it's by far, even watching him one start, by far the best changeup in baseball. And uh, speaking of SNY, of course, the Mets recently started that uh, phone call thing during the sh- uh, when you call him during a, during a game. And I'm sure we'll get Eric's uh, thoughts about that because I don't know about you, Steve. I love I'm, that. Not... I'm eventually going to call. You know, I couldn't <laughs> last night, but uh, eventually, uh, yeah, I heard about that. And exactly. uh, I, th- I think it's a great idea, you know, have people interact uh, with uh, the announcers during the game. You know, especially yeah. if it's a blowout and they really have nothing to talk about. I think it's a nice feature. Definitely uh, 806 on a Thursday night. Uh, Eric Simon should be on momentarily with us. Take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this on the Sports Socket with Jason and the Clock. The Sports Socket. Your home for the Mets, the Yankees, the Rangers, the Islanders, the Devils, even the Knicks and the Nets. Anything you want is right here on the docket. www.blogtalkreader.com slash docket every Thursday night at 8 o'clock p.m. Same time, same place. Joining us right now is Eric Simon of AmazingAvenue.com, founder and blogger. And Eric, thanks so much for coming on tonight. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me. No hey. problem. Eric, before we get to anything else, uh, tell us a little bit about, uh, of course, how you started AmazingAvenue.com. I know it's been around for a couple of years. But also tell us a little bit about the impact of the uh, sports blog nation and when you joined up and a little, a little bit about what goes on over there. Well, I started the site... It was about three years ago now, so it was a little before opening day 2005. I had actually previously been writing at a blog called Sabermets, and I was asked to join what was at the time a fledgling group of sports bloggers. And uh, and so it's been three years since then, and it's grown pretty incredibly. We now have representation for all 30 baseball teams plus some other general baseball sites. We have most, if not all, of the football teams represented. We've got the Jets and the Giants. We've got a, a Knicks team, a number of basketball teams, a bunch of hockey teams. Mm-hmm. Um, no Devils team yet. I'm a Devils fan personally. But, uh, Same here, yeah. So, oh, God. We have some problems. <laughs> Especially if they play the Rangers first round. Uh, well, yeah. Well, the uh, the Devils haven't been playing the Rangers or the Islanders particularly well this year. So, Definitely. Um, yeah, they haven't won against the Rangers yet. haven't figured it out. No, well, they, you know, they they picked up a point in, uh, in the shootout a couple of times, so that was pretty nice. <laughs> yeah, I guess all the points count if you look at it yeah, now. Yeah, it's nice. To, it's, it's nice to walk away with something, that's for sure. All right, yeah. Oh, well, we're getting off topic a little bit. Uh, you came in here to talk some Mets. We will talk some Mets. Uh, by the way, love your blog. I heard it was uh, it was one of the top ranked, right? Out of all Mets blogs on the. Yeah, internet. sure. That sounds good. <laughs> all right, great. Uh, well, first, let me start off with the uh, biggest question right now, which uh, of course, second game, Pedro Martinez. Um, He's expected to be out a month to, to maybe two months. Uh, there's uh, several guys who can fill the fifth starter slot while he's out, including El Duque and Nelson Figueroa and Jorge Sosa. So what do you think about what the Mets can do here with the fifth spot, and uh, should they go outside the organization? Well, I mean, I think right now they're going to play it by ear unless something good comes up. I mean, there aren't a ton of great names out there, and we've all heard the names. you got your Claudio Vargases and... Uh, David Wells and those kind of guys. So uh, from what I've read, the Mets aren't particularly interested in any of those. And so I guess they'll, you know, they'll at least try internally. El Duque starting tonight in St. Lucie. So hopefully he'll come along as well as anyone can hope. You know, he looked better in his last start in spring training after he got his leg kicked back. So, you know, I think the Mets are probably hoping that he'll be healthy and he'll be able to at least pitch enough while Pedro's out. Okay. You know, Pedro's going to be out six to eight weeks probably, it's looking like now. I think they say a month to six weeks, but... You know he's got to get back and get back into shape. So, you know it certainly it certainly wasn't a good start. That's for sure. I think a month to six weeks would be a pretty generous. Uh, yeah, I would I would agree with that. I mean he's you know thirty six you know, now or whatever he is. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely gonna take it slowly with him. You don't want to you know cost him the season by bringing him back too early. No, I agree. And hopefully hopefully the other guys. I mean Oliver Perez looked great yesterday. Obviously. 
Santana looked terrific opening day. So if those guys can pitch well, I think Maine's going to have a big year. Yeah, Johnny uh, Maine going tomorrow, of course. Yeah, that's right, exactly. The first game against the Braves, so that's going to be exciting. He was awesome in spring training. Uh, you know, up and down last year, but overall pretty good. So uh, I certainly have high hopes for him. Mm-hmm. And definitely before we get to this Braves series, of course, you look back, uh, Mets opening series start the year against the Marlins, scoring eight runs per game, then 24 in the series. And, you know, it seemed this every time last year, every time the Mets had a big blowout win, like the 13 nothing win they had against the Marlins yesterday, they came out the next couple of days and were just flat. Uh, you think uh, the Mets are going to go into Atlanta and their bats are going to go cold, or you think uh, they're going to start off the season with uh, their bats clicking the right way? Well, yes, I certainly hope they're not cold. You know, my dad used to always say that they should uh, should have saved some of those runs. They could have won one nothing and saved maybe the other 12 runs for the games after, but obviously it doesn't work that way. Um, you know, the, the Braves have good pitching. The Mets are going to run into to, to Tim Hudson and Smoltz, it looks like, this weekend. So, you know, the, the bats were certainly good against the Marlins, arguably pretty crummy pitching. So, uh, you know, the Mets have a good lineup, and uh, I'm certainly hopeful that they'll they'll keep swinging, probably not as well as they were in this series, but... You know, if they can put up five or six runs a game against the Braves, they're they're hopefully their pitching will probably be good enough to get them through. Yeah. Um. Now, obviously, one of the best guys on this team, and one of the uh, you know, guys that you know he's definitely going to be productive is David Wright. Now, I I looked at him in this series, and I I thought he was uh, I thought he was just locked in at the plate, and it's great to see him locked in three games in. I think that this guy could probably hit 40 home runs, hit 330, and uh, drive in maybe 135 runs. Do you, do you think that's out of the question? I don't. I, mean, I don't think it's out of the question. It's probably really unlikely think... that the, the power will be that high. But uh, you know, he could do anything at this point. You know, he would have had two home runs yesterday if it weren't for that ridiculous left field fence in Florida, and uh, you know, a little premature MVP chance from the. Uh, the hometown crowd, which was mostly Mets fans, it looked like. But, yeah, but I wouldn't pay anything past him. I mean, he's, he looks like he's in great shape. He said he's yeah, in the offseason yeah. doing his baseball. He looks like, you know, he looks like he got stronger. He really looks locked in at the plate right now. And if you remember last year, it took him, you know, about a month and a half to get locked in at the plate. So this is a really great sign. Yeah, then, no question. Also, he, 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 no, go ahead. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I also said, uh, big, uh, I, I thought it was great yesterday, Ryan Church uh, hit a home run off a of lefty. Uh, I mean, uh, this guy looks pretty good so far. You know, he's hitting lefties. You know, he's had two or three hits off lefties already. And also, um, the guy, you know, he threw out uh, a guy at, the, at second base yesterday, Hanley Ramirez, to start the game. So what do you think of Church so far? It was good. He's got a can in the outfield, that's for sure. Uh, he looks like a ball player, whatever that's worth. Uh, probably not a lot, but uh, it's certainly good to see. And, uh, yeah, the home run the home run yesterday was a nice one. We're trying to come up with a slogan for Ryan Church so we can uh, we can shout whenever he hits home runs, but we haven't well, come up with one just yet. Yeah, we went uh, from a synagogue to a church. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I just thought your blog about that, of course. Uh, now this Mets offense, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Of course, one key part of this offense is a guy who proclaimed this, the team to be, and that is Carlos Beltran. Of course, yes, you can argue that he should have had a home run there, but uh, what about Beltra? I mean, five doubles in the first three games. I mean, he just looked uh, outstanding to start the season. You know, and especially with Delgado, you never know what you can get from him at his age now. What do you think about uh, Beltra and the way he started off this year so far? Well, I love him. I mean, I'm a huge fan. It was obviously a huge signing when they brought him here three years ago. Um, he didn't have that great first year, but he was he was tremendous the second year. He had, you know, kind of an under-the-radar pretty good year last year. And uh, as you pointed out, he's been terrific so far. He's hitting the ball with power. He was The umpires robbed him of that home run yesterday, but that was okay. He still had a, a, a what, he had at least two doubles, two or three doubles yesterday. And, um, yeah, he's, he's hitting the ball great. He looks really good. All right, well, the Mets are going uh, to go to a four-man rotation briefly here in the next few weeks because of off days. But eventually, uh, Nelson Figueroa, the Mets announced he's going to get a start. Um, now, the average fan, including me, I don't really, I haven't really seen him. I haven't really uh, seen how he pitches and what he has. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about Nelson Figueroa? Well, he's he's been out of the league for a few years now. He was, uh, as I actually found out earlier today when we were looking at it, he came up with the Mets. He was a Mets farmhand a number of years ago, and. Uh, the biggest thing that I ever remember from him was being involved in the trade for Kurt Schilling. When Schilling was sent out to Arizona, Figueroa ended up with the Phillies, and he really hasn't done anything to distinguish himself as a as a major leaguer. And the Mets must have seen something they liked last year. He, he split time last year between the Mexican League and 
the Professional Baseball League of China. So the Mets must have seen something. And, uh, you know, he looked pretty good in spring training. He came in for an inning last night. And, uh, you know, he looked good. What can you say? He, uh, he struck out a guy, didn't let anybody on base. Yeah, his breaking ball looks good. You know, I'm not a professional scout, but it, it looks like it has a pretty sharp bite. So um, I don't know if he has the endurance to go five, six, seven innings. I guess we'll see. But if the Mets could get five or six innings, three or four runs out of him, I think they'd be pretty happy with that at this point. Yep. Now, going into the season, I kind of thought that uh, the Mets were thinking about having Maine uh, the third start before Paris. But, of course, uh, they flip-flopped them to have Maine go against the Braves. Now, is it because Maine has better success against the Braves, or they just wanted Paris to go before Maine in the rotation? I think what, what, was, what was the idea behind uh, having Maine pitch after Perez? Well, I couldn't tell you. You know, I was actually a little surprised that Maine wasn't the third starter. I, I thought he was going to be. Um, they might have they might have switched it up for matchup purposes. Um, just looking at the schedule, it looks like they're both going to hit Philadelphia. So I, you know, I don't see how that's really going to affect anything. Maine, it looks like he'll be pitching against Atlanta. It's tough to say. You know, I, I don't. I could have gone either way, though. I think Maine's probably the better pitcher at this point. So I was a little surprised that uh, that he wasn't third overall. Uh, do you also think that going into this season there's less pressure on Carlos Delgado? I mean, of course, last year um, the Mets saw his, him aging a lot with the, you know, only the 24 home runs. But now with um, I mean, Ryan Church is clicking, Ankel Pagan has been on fire to start the year. you think with the way the Mets lineup is set up now, the way their offense is clicking to start the year and the way it's probably going to be clicking for the most part of the season, you think that uh, there's less pressure on Delgado being that he's getting up there in age? I mean, I, I think there's – I agree that there's probably less pressure on him in the sense that he's not going to have to carry the team like he did earlier in his career. The Mets have enough other good offensive players, at least in the top half of the lineup, that they're not going to be leaning on Delgado too heavily for production. But, you know, he he's 35, 36. He's, uh, he has an option for next year that the Mets probably won't pick up unless he has a really big year. It's a – 14 or 15 million dollar option for next year and so if the Mets don't want him and he doesn't have a good year he's uh he's probably going to be limited in options next year he's not a very good defensive player he doesn't run well so at at this point all of his value is tied to his bat and if he's not swinging the bat you know there's really not much you can do with him so I, I do agree that there's probably not a ton of pressure on him to to produce because there are a lot of other good offensive players on the Mets but you know there's always pressure to perform especially in New York yeah. All right, now uh, the Nationals, of course, got off to a hot start. Uh, they were 3-1. Uh, and one. Well, now they're 3-1 and one, uh, after they lost today in extra innings to the Phillies. But you think they're for real? Uh, I don't. I think they'll probably lose. I don't think they're terrible, but, you I know, think, the, the, I think they should lose 90 games this year. They're like a 500 team, I think. I don't think they'll lose 90 I well, think, I mean, it's a vision. Well, I, I look, look at the opening day star, though. You had Odalis Perez. Well, yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, you know, is Tim Redding going to throw uh, a one-hitter every time he goes out no, there? No, he's not. Definitely. Well, definitely. But, I mean, I think they, they'll be a scrappy team. I think they'll steal some games. I think their bullpen's pretty good, but I just don't don't think they have enough to, uh, you know, play well for 162 games. Well, they've got some interesting players, you know. they got uh got this Millage guy I've heard about. You know, I guess he's supposed to be an up-and-comer. Uh, Ryan, Ryan Zimmerman's a good ball player. Uh, Nick Johnson's a good ball player. I mean, they got some good young guys. Manny Acta is uh, is a guy who I kind of wish was managing the Mets now, but he's not. He's in Washington. But um, you know, I think you're probably right. Eighty or ninety, uh, eighty or ninety losses is probably what they're staring at this year. But they've got a lot of good young kids, and they could be good in a few years. But I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna be too competitive. Are you one of those guys who uh, don't want William Randolph here? I I tease. I'm not a I'm not a Willie Randolph hater. I mean, I'm if anything, I'm indifferent. I don't I don't particularly think the manager has all that much impact on what happens on a, on a day-to-day basis. Um, in general, most managers are probably interchangeable. I think Willie has a good temperament and a good personality uh, in terms of being a fit for for New York. Well, but you know, he's he's not my favorite tactical manager. But I think the Mets could do a whole lot worse. Would you uh, blame him at all for the collapse last year? No, he didn't. He didn't go out there and stink up the joint. It was, uh, it, was it was the Mets pitching that wasn't. You know, I mean, I think I think in general managers get too much credit when the team does really well, and they get too much blame when the team does really poorly. 
ultimately, you know, if these professional athletes can't go out and motivate themselves to to play well enough to win four yeah, games you know, out of the last 15. All I know is that this team owes us about two or three championships so we can get even from last year. I hear you. I hear that for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Of course, uh, Eric Simon of AmazingAmu.com joining us right now on the Sports Docket. Now, of course, uh, let's get back to the opening game, uh, the masterpiece by Johan Santana. Didn't have his best stuff. You know, wasn't throwing really much in the 90s, much part of the game, but his changeup looked really good uh, against the Marlins at eight strikeouts. I mean, of course, we, we all Mets fans had great first impression now of Johan Santana, but what do you think, he, especially now with Pedro out, what do you think he adds to this team? You know, he has a lot already, but now with Pedro out, he, he has a little more pressure on his back. Yeah, I, mean, I think a little bit. I think they all, you know, they'll you, you'll ask them and they'll say, no, there's no more pressure. But there's a little bit more pressure on all of these guys, certainly on Santana. Um, he had a lot of pressure coming in. You know, he was, uh, it was a big trade. Mets gave up a lot of players. They gave him a lot of money for a lot of years. And they're expecting him to be the best, if not one of the best pitchers in the league. And he certainly looked that way in the first game. Like you said, it wasn't maybe he didn't have his best stuff, but he was thrown in the 90s. The changeup was great. It looked like he got stronger a little bit as the game went on. Um, you know, I'm certainly excited to see the next game. Yeah. I mean, uh, one thing with Santana, I noticed, I looked, I looked at the schedule, and the Mets are, decided, are deciding to throw him Sunday instead of Saturday, uh, which they could throw him Saturday, though, because that would be regular rest for him. And Skip Humphrey's turned the rotation. Uh, because, I just tell you this, because uh, the Phillies series is Tuesday to Thursday. So if the Mets pitch him Saturday, they could pitch him against Philadelphia. I mean, would it be important? Because I would think that they would want him to pitch against Philadelphia. Instead, he's going to pinch, uh, pitch Friday against the uh, Brewers. Yeah, I don't disagree. You know, I think uh, it, it's a little bit curious, considering all of the off days that the Mets have early on in April. There it looks like, you know, they're going to pitch Palfrey, and I guess they want to get him a little bit of work. You know, pre before this, Palfrey was yeah. the fifth starter. Now, you know, he's the fourth starter, depending upon who who slides in as the fifth starter, ultimately. So uh, certainly be nice to get off to a good start, get Santana start against the Braves and against the Phillies. If you can pick up a couple of wins there, maybe, you know, if we can come out of the, the middle of next week up a couple of games, it would certainly be a nice boost. Well, I'm just saying this because we learned last year that every game counts. Every game does count. There's no question about that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously we're not we're not we're not we're not up to that series yet. I mean, we first got to deal with the Braves, but uh, when the Mets play the Phillies, I mean, what do they got to do differently uh, that they didn't do uh, against them down the stretch last year? I mean, you can look at each game, you can break it down piece by piece, and there were just so many mistakes all across the board. But what's one thing that you see the Mets got to do more collectively as a team when they play uh, the Phillies? They have to play baseball. They do. Yeah, I mean, you know the. <laughs> the Mets played the Phillies very well early in the year, and they played the Phillies and really everybody else terribly at the end of the year. And uh, it was pitching. You know, their hitting was, you know, the, Jose Reyes was not good in September, but David Wright was very good, and Carlos Beltran was very good. They scored runs. The bullpen was terrible. Starting pitching was mostly pretty terrible. That second-to-last game by John May notwithstanding. They, uh, you know, they, they played pretty sloppily, but, you know, there was a lot of bad luck there, too. You know, that that one game against Philadelphia where Marlon Anderson was, was called out on that slide at second base, I mean, that could have gone the other way, and the Mets would have scored the tying run there. So, you know, a, a drop here, a, a weird play over there, and the Mets could have, you know, if they could have squeaked out one more win, then it would have gone to a, a tiebreaker. So, you know, I mean, ultimately pitching, but, you know, I think it was just one of these kind of fluky stretches of really, really unfortunate baseball that happens every once in a while, and, you know, unfortunately for us, it, it happened to the Mets last year. Um, and, of course, you know, going into the, the series against Atlanta, the Mets will be seeing their old buddy, Tom Glavin, uh, as we go into this series. Um, what would you be thinking uh, when you see Tom Glavin taking the mound once again in his uh, Tomahawk uniform? Disgusting. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it be just like old times, I guess. I, uh <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping he pitches as poorly against the Mets as he did against the Braves early on in his Mets career, I guess. Well, we know that won't happen. Well, no, of course that won't. He'll, he'll, he'll throw a two-hitter. The Mets will hit a bunch of atom balls and ground ground. Like those old days of uh, Max and Glavin, you, you knew that you were going to lose both games when you faced those two back in the yeah, day. Exactly. Um, you know, especially if they're, if they're going to throw Pelfrey against him. I, uh, well, I, you know, I, but, but 
If you remember, Pelfrey had a great start against him last year. He did. His one really, really good start was against the, the Braves late in the season. So Actually, I'm one of the few people who actually think that Pelfrey could have a really good year. I really think he can. I thought he has great stuff. He just has to keep his composure. And I think that with the one more season of experience, I think that he could be solid. I think that I don't disagree. Solid. I mean, I, I'm definitely I'm definitely a Pelfrey fan. I just haven't seen enough at the big league level to you know to expect that he's going to put it all together. He's got a he's got a great sinker, but he has composure problems, and he has a problem leaving the ball up in the zone. His uh, his secondary pitches are not great. They're not terrible, but they're not great. But if he's not keeping the sinker down. It's getting up in the zone. He's going to give up a lot of fly balls, and he's not going to be successful. That's what we saw in spring training. That's what we saw last year when he had really bad starts. So if you can keep the ball down, you can get ground balls, you can get strikeouts, then he'll be successful, and it remains to be seen if he can do that with any consistency. And, of course, um, this is a little related to the baseball part of the diamond, but uh, I'm sure you've, you've noticed on SNY that they started doing uh, – of live phone calls during the game, which kind of gets the fans uh, more involved in the action with Gary, Keith, and Ron. I was wondering, what are your thoughts about, are you a fan of this new uh, live call-in uh, segment during the games? It's interesting. You know, we were, I was trying to get people to call in last night and mention the site, but uh, nobody was able to get through. <laughs> It's, you know, I I don't know, did they say it's something they're going to be doing a lot? It sounded like it was just something they were going to do, and it's a blowout, and they don't really have to pay I think they really said they would basically, I think they would do it when the game, like, is out of hand, maybe. Yeah. And if that's the case, you know, I mean, the Mets are up 10, 11, 12, nothing. I guess if there's nothing better to do, it's a little, you know, it's a little hokey. And uh, yeah, I if, if try it out, see how it goes. It's a great yeah, way to they, advertise if you can get on. This is, is, is true. I offered to give away some free stuff to anybody who was able to get the name mentioned. But, uh, you know, I mean, I think uh, to a large degree, call-in hey. shows like that are becoming uh, a little less relevant because you can get so much of that information, opinions and things like that everywhere on the Internet and in the newspaper, things like that now. Oh. So, you know, I mean, I'm sitting there listening to the questions, and they all seem like, Topics that have been covered ad nauseum on, on countless. Well, I guess also, I guess for the people, it could be the thrill of being on TV. I guess. <laughs> I guess Joey from Long Island calling in and asking about uh, <laughs> what hat Keith Hernandez would wear if he if he made it to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I think uh, I'll I'll try my best to give you a shout out. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's kind of it gets a little bit out of I mean. Uh, I mean, Gary kind of looked a little bit uh, annoyed by some of the questions, but you know, it, I, I think it's a fun. I think it's a fun little thing that S and Y added into their uh, to the live game, especially in a thirteen nothing game where there's nothing much else to talk about except uh, all the balls that Carlos Beltran hits the wall. Exactly. Exactly. How many how, how many home runs were taken away from the Mets by either the umpires or the left field wall? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and also it wasn't even last night. If you remember, David Wright uh, hit one the other night. That was, uh, you know, he crushed the center field and it just died on the warning track. The, the, the park is ridiculous. I don't, you know, it's uh, it's hideous. It's a football, it's a football field stadium, and you know they're they're building a new they're building a new park, and so hopefully it's going to be a lot better. This one is, uh, it's, it's not one of the better ones out there, that's for sure. Mm-hmm, definitely, no question about that. Uh, once again. Um, Eric, we have to thank you so much for coming on and joining us tonight. Uh, once again, before you go, I'll just let our listeners once again know uh, where they can check out uh, your website. And uh, and uh, let's go, Matt. Absolutely. You can check out AmazingAvenue.com. We've got uh, game threads for every game and uh, commentary. And, you know, it's a good community. You go there and you sign up and you can you can post your own stuff. You write your own thoughts and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's definitely a fun place to hang out. Nothing, no question on that. Eric, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thanks for uh, giving us a few minutes. Thanks a lot, guys. My pleasure. Anytime. No problem. That, of course, is Eric Simon of AmazingAvenue.com joining us here. We'll take a little break. So we'll look All right, at- well, I'll be, well, when we come back from the commercial break, it's, it is the curse of the hawk. We'll tell you more about it right when we come back on Ace Man of the Quads. So we'll be right back. We're back. What's the? Uh, that was a short commercial. 
Yeah, we are. We, we, we all we all gonna get into a little bit of the NCAA. Um, yeah, we will. Um, we're done with Mets for the night because they're off. Uh, well, one thing I wanted to say here, an interesting story here. ESPN just read here. Um, at Fenway Park, uh, they were uh, supposedly having uh, you know uh, tours of the park today. Mm-hmm. During the day, a hawk comes flying from the sky and attacks the girl. Oh yeah, I heard about the girl, that. and uh, <laughs> and uh, she's taken to the hospital. She's fine, but I mean, <laughs> pretty crazy. A hawk just coming from out of nowhere. So is this uh, another curse? I mean, that seems. Uh, I don't wacky. know. Well, the Red Sox are three and one right now, so. Uh, the Red Sox are up one game on the Yankees. I don't know. It could be. I mean, that's just a weird story. That's one of those um, uh, ESPN weird uh, segments. But, wow. <laughs> you can't make these things up. All right. Oh, yeah. Final four, of course. A lot of, a lot of uh, stuff this weekend. We have the uh, last weekend of the hockey season. We have the final four. We also have NBA playoff races. So, a lot going on this weekend. Uh, we'll start, I guess, with the final four a little bit here. All four number one seeds make the tournament. I mean, uh, you can't make uh, that up. I mean, never it's, happened before. So it's first time in history. I mean, all, all four teams uh, going into the. Uh, I mean, you have UCLA, Memphis, Kansas, and North Carolina. I mean, uh, Davidson had a nice little run there, but they fell short against Kansas. Um, Steve Curry, um, even he had 25 points, but the problem was uh, that uh, Kansas was able to hold him down. Uh, he was 9 out of 25 um, from the floor. So anytime you're not making your shots, you're not going to be as successful as you want to be. But uh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, you had enough, all four, I mean, for people that stuck uh, with the top seed that didn't pick any big upsets, I mean, they lucked out this time around because they actually, for the first time ever, you have all four seeds in the Final Four. That's just yeah, more. Definitely. I think uh, the final will be UNC versus UCLA with UCLA coming up on top. Well, actually, I think I think Memphis has a. Uh, I think Me- I actually picked Memphis to win that game. I, th- I think Memphis go all the way also. So, I, I got it. Good, but I think I think UNC and UCLA are overall better teams. I mean, Memphis is obviously the most uh, well, athletic, think, athletic team in the tournament. You definitely have with Love, uh, Kevin Love against Tyler Hansborough. That's the big matchup. Yeah, Kevin Love. That's he's a big guy. He's doing great in this tournament. That's what uh, everybody wants to see, of course, but. You know, uh, it's going to be amazing. Uh, we'll definitely pass. see. Yeah, Davidson. I mean, Memphis. I mean, everybody's saying, "Oh, they're going to miss their free throws," but you know, they haven't yet, and that's the reality. And they basically won every game pretty easily. They haven't really even been in a close game yet. You know, they beat Texas by 18 points in the Elite Eight, so I mean, they're flying high. But and really, any it's anybody's uh, tournament, and whoever plays the hardest is going to win. See, before we get to our picks, I'm just going to go lead right into it right now. This is brought to you in part by My EDI Media, where media comes to play. You are listening to exclusive coverage of NCAA basketball on the sports docket. Now, back to the studios with Ace Man and the Quas. NCAA basketball, Final Four, on the docket. With Stephen, Michael Ackerman, and Ethan Jared Quasman. Okay, welcome back to the basket. Before we make our picks, 8.33 on a Thursday night. We make our picks for the uh, Final Four, of course, which comes up on Saturday. And then you have well, April 7th. Of course, uh, listening uh, to station identification. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And the quad. That's a nice job by uh, some of our friends who made that little uh, clip for us, a preview into the uh, picture. But um, Thank you guys in the studio. Yeah, no question. Uh, well, see you I'm, well, as I said before, I'm, in, I'm taking North Carolina uh, to win this game uh, against Kansas, and I'm taking Memphis to beat UCLA. I, um, Memphis uh, only lost, what, three games all year. Uh, they've been outstanding uh, throughout their um, uh, their, con- their region. And I mean, same thing with UCLA. I mean, you can't – both teams are um, superb uh, offenses. The defense, Memphis has a little better defense than UCLA. But I think that uh, – also, Memphis played in, a, I think, a weaker conference. But I still think that Memphis is going to take UCLA here. I think North Carolina, as we had Richie Allen on, I mean, uh, before, who was from the Tar Heel blog, uh, I, I agree with that. I think Carolina's going to go all the way, and Tar Heel's going to be uh, 
champions uh, for the first time in in six years. So I think Carolina, North Carolina is the winner. What are your picks here? Oh uh, well, I had uh, been, uh, originally I had UCLA winning it all. I'm gonna stay with UCLA. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they're gonna hold on. Um, you know, I think that you know, I think UCLA, UNC are gonna be the final uh, two teams going into Monday. Uh, you know, UCLA with Kevin Love, I think they have a great overall balance. They're great. They're a good defensive team, and they always seem like they find a way to win. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with my original pick. I'm gonna go UCLA. And anyone wants to call in and share your picks, you can do that right now at one six four six four seven eight five one one eight. Uh we're picking UCLA to go all the way here. No, I think um if Tyler Hansborough in North Carolina doesn't win it, uh we might see Hansborough on the mix. So uh we'll see what happens with that. And uh, we should we'll be... all right, we are we going to NCA or no? Uh, yeah, we can we can continue with the NCA, but I wanna give our Knicks their thirty two seconds. They made a big move the other day. All right, you want to give the Knicks uh, their uh, 32 seconds? All right, here it uh, goes. Here it goes. The Knicks left. Oh, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to go for the Knicks. Are you ready? I'm Are pumped. you ready? I am ready. All right, let's go. Okay, here we go. Uh, the Knicks last night that played a team that we actually won game better than. But after last night's loss, 130 to 114 to the Memphis Grizzlies, the Knicks fell to 20 and 55. Memphis improved to 20 and 55. Uh, Donnie Walsh's first game as Knicks president um, was not so impressive as Isaiah failed to impress his new boss, Donnie Walsh, the former Pacers president, now the president of the New York Knicks, was announced a couple of days ago. I'm done That's already. It. That's it. I, I, I didn't get to say how many points Zach Randolph had. I guess not. Uh, well, got, anyway, the Knicks are not going anywhere at this point in time. Neither are the uh, New York, New Jersey Nets, who continue to fall deeper. Now they're already four games back uh, at the eighth spot. The Nets, the Nets are done. I mean, they're not going. To, they're, Atlanta's going to clinch that eighth spot shortly enough. And uh, the Nets, um, once they lost Jason Kidd, I think their season went yeah, really down. Just a guy faces, not their year. Not their year, no question about that. But the teams that do matter in New York are the Rangers and the Islanders, and. Uh, they have a very good chance of playing in the first round. The Rangers lead the Islanders right now. Uh, well, the Rangers actually got a very bad break at the end of the second period. Uh, they actually, Chris Drury scored, but he scored right as the time went out. Uh, so the Rangers uh, got that goal uh, disallowed. So Mr. Uh, Clutch, not so clutch there. There was a rebound in front, but Drury scored the buzzer rang just before it went across the goal line. Then, so no course, goal for the Rangers, but still up 2 nothing, uh looking to clinch a playoff spot tonight. But Drury really had the goal of the year in the Rangers' last game. I mean, uh, a great overtime. goal, great overtime win for the Rangers in the last game. Of course, uh, beating the first place Penguins two to one at the Garden. You know, it's amazing. The Rangers have won all seven games from their friends across the Hudson, uh, the New Jersey Devils. They won all seven this year, but yet they're still trailing. Um, by four points going tonight's game. The Rangers tonight, they're going to win this game. They're up 2 nothing at the end of the second. They're going to clinch the playoff spot tonight. They'll be there. You know, the Rangers do make the playoffs for seven straight years, uh, since, you know, in 97 to 2004. But now they're going to make it uh, for the third straight season. So, you know, good rebound by the organization. Nice job by Glenn Sather. Well, it's not official yet. Please uh, stop. <laughs> I've been <laughs> well, doing I mean, before. No, the Rangers are not going to collapse. I can't, I can't especially against the Islanders, uh, the uh, team that, you know, has an anemic offense. Not now. I mean, the Rangers are going to make the obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course. I mean, Ottawa's right behind them. So it's Boston, Philadelphia, but the Rangers are still going to clinch that fifth spot at least, I think. But, again, yeah, I a, think they'll get – it's I a mean, huge difference. That would certainly be great hockey, Rangers-Devils. I mean, I don't want the fifth seed, though. I want the fourth seed. I want home ice advantage. And – uh how many points? The Devils have 95, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rangers, uh, Devils have 97, no, not 97 points, actually. They do. Yeah. How many games left? Well, they have one with the Rangers on Sunday. That could definitely decide who gets the fourth seed. That That's going to be a big game. No question about that. That's, that's a huge game. Uh, there's all, no matter what, the Rangers win that game and take the eighth. Well, let's assume the Rangers, if they win both games here against the Islanders, uh, that would be 97 points. Mm-hmm. And they the would uh, be looking at 99. Lose. So the, the Devils, 
Who are they playing in their next game before the they're Rangers? They're playing on Thursday, uh, on Friday night, they're playing the Flyers, so the Devils have to lose that game in order for – so you, on Friday night, you're going to be a big Flyers fan. Well, actually, if the Devils win tomorrow, that would be 99, and the Rangers can still win and tie them. I would have to see what the tiebreaker is. I'm not sure yeah. what the tiebreaker is. I think the tiebreaker is wins. Or if it's head-to-head matchups, though, the Rangers definitely win that one. And how about, you know, of course, we'll get to other matches in the Western Conference. Well, we'll see. I mean, we'll see. I mean, even Ottawa. Ottawa's winning tonight. They can pass the Rangers, too. So the Rangers, I mean, really, any of the bottom five seeds can switch from now until, uh, you know, basically uh, the end of the season. The top three are basically set. It's going to be Pittsburgh, Montreal, and Carolina. Pittsburgh and Montreal fighting for the one and two seed, and Carolina is going to be the three seed. But basically, uh, Devils, Rangers... Flyers, Bruins, Sabers, and uh, and the Capitals—they could all be anywhere, basically, from four to eight. So I mean, we'll definitely see what happens. One of those five teams is going to get robbed, though. So we'll definitely see what happens in the next few days. Every uh, point is crucial at this point of the season. You uh, also mentioned, you know, tonight's one of the very... best races in the last twenty twenty-five years in hockey. Oh, definitely, no question about that. Also, tonight's a very sad night in Long Island as the Islanders uh, play their last home game of the season. Um, of course, oh, right. tomorrow Madison Square Garden, a home and home. Yeah, but this is the this is the last game of the this is the last game of the, the dump for the year. I mean, it's and great. to add great. insult to injury, if the Rangers hold on tonight, they take the lead in the Metro Ice standings. Um, which the Islanders have. have had the lead for that the whole entire season, and they could see that go down the drain too. So I mean, yeah. you at least want the Metro Ice standings so you could win uh, the money for your charity. Yeah, and a very impressive uh, 34-37-9 record for your New York Islanders this year. Let's uh, give them a little nice little round of applause for another terrible season. And, uh, oh, wow. Uh, you know what? No? Anyway, uh, the Islanders do end up against the Rangers tomorrow. The Rangers can get at least – the Rangers really need four points. But if they can get three points, the Rangers fan, you'll take that uh, right now. I mean, I'll, yeah, I would actually uh, – with the way this year's going, I would like a matchup with the Devils. But, I mean, uh, the Rangers are due to lose a few against them, so I don't know if I really want it. But we'll see. I mean, Sunday could decide where the Rangers and the Devils, where they play and who they play. Mm-hmm. So no I question. think, the, you know, if you're a Devils fan, uh, if you if, <laughs> if the Rangers can go into fourth and the Devils can fly into sixth, you might want to do that. <laughs> because uh, the Rangers just own you guys this year. You, you don't want to play them in the first round, do you? Uh, I wouldn't. You know what? Um, I wouldn't mind playing the Rangers eight straight games. All right. Well, I mean, we'll see about that. I mean, uh, the Rangers definitely, I don't think they forgot what happened two years ago also when the Devils just basically embarrassed Well, them. also, it's a much stronger team, and Yager was just uh, hurting. Well, what happened was Yager had his best season, one of the best seasons of his career. Mm-hmm. He had 53 goals. Yeah, was he, he, was, he was just earning... He was just earning his stripes in the Broadway. Well, remember the first game of that series, Yager uh, separated his shoulder. Mm-hmm. He was basically not a factor for the rest of that series. He tried to come yeah. back, he just couldn't. And basically, they were relying on Peter Pruka and, and a lot of and a lot of crap. I mean, and uh, Nylander. Yager carried them the whole entire year, though. And also, and, uh, Chris Drury is going to be a big factor against the Devils in the playoff series. I mean, we saw what he did last year as Buffalo. factor. Drury's amazing. I mean, Dubinsky, you want to see him on that first line in the playoffs. Dubinsky's outstanding. Gomez against his former team. Gomez, is a, from his Devils day, you know he's a huge playoff player. So, I, the Rangers, I, you know what? If I'm just a regular hockey guy, I'm just picking the games, I, I would give Rangers, Rangers Devils a uh, seven-game series. I would say Rangers in six. But being the Devils fan that I am, the big Devils fan, I'm saying Devils in seven. But well, I'm not going to make any predictions until that actually happens. Yeah, well, I know you I want to know that the Rangers are going to be in the playoffs. Well, you're a long-time suffering fan, so. See, I'm a Mets fan. I will never take anything uh, for granted anymore. Uh, we were talking about who we were going to play in the playoffs last year on uh, September 10th, which is my birthday. That's and it went downhill from there. Yeah, but, so. that's really tough. But, uh, yeah, we'll take a, um, a quick break on the sports docket. And we'll be back. We'll talk some Yankees. You know, they're playing tonight. And um, right back after this. Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Kendrick Thomas, and I'm the host of Real Sports Talk. Make sure you tune in. It's a great show. We talk about sports. It comes on Thursdays, 10 o'clock p.m. It's a fabulous show. 
make sure you tune in and call in and give your opinion. And be sure to check out Kenrick Thomas's show at www.blogtalkradio.com slash real sports talk. Also, be sure to check out Kenrick Thomas's blog at www.fanofsports.blogspot.com. The sports docket is not all sports. Neither is it all serious. We do get some laughs. Taking sports a little bit here. We'll switch the NBA a little bit. So the season just getting out the way now. So do you think uh, we'll start with the meal this time? Think it's true or false? Will the San Antonio Spurs repeat as NBA champions? Um, you know, I'm tempted to say false because every year you can make a case why they shouldn't, but every year they seem to be the best team. But uh, you know, I, I'm going to say probably. I'm, I'm going to say yes. They're true. They're going to repeat. Uh, my opinion is, uh, my prediction is, I think they're going to have a down year, and all of a sudden they're going to bring Evil and Gorion into the dressing room after everything. <laughs> they're going to peak at the right time and win it again. Okay. Do, I think they do. <laughs> Tony, I think we would all peak if she walked into our locker room, you know, guys? <laughs> Tony Parker is a lucky man. I, can yeah, I agree with that. I, they're, they're my favorite team just because of that. <laughs> When you watch those games in the NBA Finals, they show more shots of Evil and Gordon <laughs> yeah, exactly. than they uh, do of actually the we players. Send something to that cameraman, am I right? <laughs> the smart man, he knows what the viewers That's want right. to watch. Exactly. <laughs> and welcome back to the Sports Docket. 8.46 on stage night. We'll be back once again next week. Uh, by that time, we should know how the uh, hockey playoffs look. But the one game soon that we... One game I forgot to mention was the game that the Capitals played against the Hurricanes, in which they defeated them uh, by a score of 4-1. to Ovechkin had a goal in that game. So did Alexander Semin. He got the two Alexanders in Washington who were contributing every day. Of course, Ovechkin and Semin. And um, the Capitals could actually win that division. And how would that be if you have uh, the, That would be. Cap- yeah, that would be something. I mean, I think Carolina's going to hold on, though. Because I don't think they can, actually. I think Carolina clinched it. I'm not sure. Let me check the standings. But Carolina one the game that we forgot to mention from tonight, we have to, we, we forgot to give some love to those New York Yankees. Uh, the Yankees are playing baseball right now. That is true. Well, Ethan, you're absolutely right. Carolina has not clinched yet. Carolina actually, Washington, they win right. both games. They guarantee a tie. I'm not sure how it would break out. Carolina has only one game left. I'll tell you what, it's... If they make the playoffs, I'll bet you get the MVP because uh, hockey MVP. Because hey, well, he's leading. Uh, he's leading the uh, league in goals. Definitely. I mean, Ovechkin's had a um, tremendous season. I mean, he almost had 60 goals. He's close to that. So um, it's outstanding. Uh, and uh, I, I really hope you know for the, for hockey that'd be huge to have Ovechkin in the playoffs. I mean, they also have the Devils for that. And also potential first round, you could have Ovechkin versus Crosby. That would be big for uh, I, At this point in time, it's not, Pittsburgh is probably going to get the one seed because it doesn't look possible that, right now. Oh, wait. Well, you know, uh, if Carolina holds on to win the division and uh, Washington steals the eighth spot, you have Ovechkin against Crosby first round. Oh, yeah, Ottawa the sixth seed. Well, and then, I'm, well, if you have Washington in the three seed, and if they actually, can win their game, maybe eventually you get a Pittsburgh-Washington matchup. So... That's actually, the Capitals have a realistic chance of actually making the eighth seed as well. The only game behind, a uh, point behind the Flyers. Yeah, it's anybody's. I mean, it's it's anybody's uh, game right now. Whoever wants it could have it. The Rangers right now see a big advantage. Of course, they have 93 points with the game in hand and winning over the Islanders. They, of course, as we mentioned before, can clinch a playoff spot with a win tonight. Oh, no, while the other right. game, oh, while the other teams have uh, two games left, you have about four teams in there all within two points of each other. So every point counts right now. I mean, just getting to overtime is something right now. I mean, in mm-hmm. hockey, it's so close. I mean, anything can happen. And teams like Tampa Bay, the Islanders, Florida, they're looking to be spoilers. Uh, oh, no. That's their goal. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens with that. Um, now the Yankees are playing right now. They are playing um, in... And are down 2 nothing. Down to nothing. They're all threatening in the sixth inning. They have a Bray up with two men on base. Nobody out. We'll keep you posted on that throughout the rest of the show. We have about ten minutes left. 
Of course, remind you guys, we, you, we could take some phone calls. We have 10 minutes left. One six four six four seven eight five one one eight. That is the number to call on the sports docket here with Ace Man and the Quas. Hope you guys are uh, enjoying uh, being with us here on a Thursday night. Uh, yeah, we hope, hope so your too. spring is going well. Mm-hmm. Even though this morning it didn't really feel like spring out there. Uh, oh, it was freezing. Nice, nice brisk twenty six uh, spot up in the morning. No, I it's feel it's not. Having to wear a winter jacket. It's probably gonna be it's probably gonna be freezing cold when the Mets play the Phillies. Uh, it seems that every Mets home opener is like it's freezing. <laughs> Who is going to the home opener? Uh, that's you, the Ace man. So you're going I'm to see up uh, that. I think uh, all Mets fans are. Uh, not well, only. Who's starting the game? I mean, um, it looks like it'll be Oliver Perez. Well, we spoke with Eric Simon about this. Uh, well, yeah, probably gonna be Oliver Perez because he's gonna skip Pedro's uh, spot in rotation. And that's not a bad game. Oliver Perez has a. Has a shutout for the season so far. Not only is it the home opener, though, but uh, first game against the Phillies, so it's an extra special game in that extent. I mean, we're definitely looking for payback after what they uh, gave us last year. It's going to be a personal game, I think. I mean, you can't... The Mets can't go out just to try to win. They have to try to, you know, knock their heads off. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody hits somebody, sends a message... I mean that that might have to happen in this game. Alfred Perez might have to take a take a shot. You know what? What if uh, the Mets go behind Rollins to start the game up? It's a nice little bench carrying brawl. <laughs> I mean, that'd be. Interesting. I don't think you do it first at bat though. I think uh, if you're losing the game, or if maybe they throw first, I mean you might have to throw behind somebody. But uh, no, I think it would be Rollins. I mean. No, it's not that the Phillies uh, did anything dirty against us. It's just that they won the division, and uh, now they're they're our rivals, not the Braves. So we'll see what happens. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Braves will be good this year too. But considering what happened last year and how close New York is to Philadelphia, they are true rivals right now. Yeah, for no question about that. Uh, Phillies other true rivals. I mean, want to talk about Atlanta? By the way, Mike Hampton was supposed to make the start tonight against uh, the Pirates, but he was scratched. Uh, big deal. So, um, good. so um, Jeff Bennett is pitching against the Pirates tonight, and the Pirates are currently winning two nothing with six. So uh, the Pirates are looking good to start the year. Now let's look around a little bit of baseball here. I mean, there were some interesting starts of the season. The Dodgers swept the Giants to start the year. Good start for Joe Torre. How about the Kansas didn't City the Giants, Royals? Uh, didn't the Giants win yesterday? I thought they won. Um, no, the Dodgers did win yesterday. Actually, the Dodgers are three and zero to start uh, the year. Are you sure? I'll double check that. And I do, I'm, I do. I'm actually checking that right now. You're also, uh, interesting start um, from the Kansas City from, Royals. Like, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say more towards the Tigers. A disappointing start for them, but the Royals with three and zero. How about them? I mean, that Central. I mean, I think the Indians or the Tigers will eventually take over, but it's, it's a good start for the Royals, or at least for now, in first place. Mm-hmm. Definitely, that's amazing. And uh, the Brewers did lose yesterday. Uh, Chicago salvaged the final game of that series. And also, interesting start for the uh, for the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, their pitching has looked fantastic to start the year. Um, who knows how long that'll, that'll stay? But uh, the Cardinals are pitching a little underrated going into the season. But they do have a good pitching staff. And uh, Rick and Keel, uh, Mr. HGH, hit his first home run of the season yesterday against Aaron Cook. So we'll see what happens with there. And also, I was surprised not to see uh, Kaz Matsui in the uh, Rockies lineup. I guess he's on the DL. So yeah, he is on the disabled list right now. What else is uh, new? I mean, yeah, right. Uh, well, by the way, that Dodger game, San Francisco, they did win yesterday. Uh, Tim Lincecum was uh, scratched, but uh, some other guy came in. Uh, wait, he... no, no. Oh, Tim Lincecum actually came in from the bullpen. Oh, <laughs> and uh, he got the win. So for some reason, he was scratched from the start. He came out of the bullpen. Got to find out about that. I'm not sure what happened with that. We'll see. Nice start for Joe Torrey. I mean, the Dodgers had a walk-off win in that series. Yeah, two and one. Good start for Torrey. Yeah. It's, now oh, uh, Yankee game. Uh, right now, bases loaded for Alex Rodriguez. So uh, this game actually could yesterday. change in a, in a heartbeat right here. It well, could. Uh, if if Alex Rodriguez does anything uh, spectacular, like the Lightning Rod always does. We'll, uh, well, keep A-Rod, you, keep you posted. yesterday um, when Messina had his awful start, um, Alex Rodriguez actually had, was the only offense of the whole game. He had a two-run homer, and that was enough 
And he's hitting 429 with a home run and three RBIs. So a uh, good start for uh, A-Rod. Okay, A-Rod, too. Oh, but, but Steve, let me ask you a question. Um, let me just get it up. Um, sure. What do – hold on. Get it. Quas, bring out some trivia. Okay. Uh, what do um, Alex Escobar um, and Xavier Nady and David Wright have in common? Um, they played for the Mets. Uh, not exactly. They each they lead the league with six RBIs. Okay, cool. I mean, X Man. What does he have? Two, three home runs. Uh, he, no, X Man uh, for Pittsburgh actually hit two home runs in the first game of the season. Yeah, and uh, he had a few RBIs yesterday too. Yeah, the X Man uh, looking like uh, Jason Bay right now in the past. I called. I wanted to trade for him in the off season, but uh, that never happened. But I guess well, I'm pretty I, happy with Ryan Church so far. And, and Angel Pagan is having a, a good start to the year. I mean, uh, who needs Moist? We'll probably never see a Lou again now at this point in time. <laughs> He'll probably disappear again. Well, I think what's going to happen, actually, even though Church uh, did hit a home run off a lefty, I think you'll see Pagan uh, getting some starts in right field uh, when uh, there's a tough lefty on the mound. I think with the like the Tom Glavin lefties and uh, some of the uh, lefties that throw uh, you know up-down motion, I think uh, Church will get some starts. But I think against tough lefties like uh, you know Randy Johnson, Cole Hamels, I think they'll give Pagan some starts against the lefties. And also, as you know, you go through 162 games. Uh, you know, Lou is going to need some days off. You need, you know, Beltran's going to need some days off. Even so right, uh, Pagan's going to get plenty of at bats. Oh, you definitely no question. You could also that. play some uh, late inning defense for Lou in left field with Andy Chavez. Now, how about for the Cincinnati Reds today, Johnny Kutu, he's a, a prospect for them. Uh, he lost a perfect game in the sixth inning, and they just and he had ten strikeouts in his performance as the uh, as the Reds defeated the uh, Diamondbacks uh, three to two. So, uh, wow, that's a uh, salvage that series. I uh, won at least one game in that series. See, the Reds won two out of three. Uh, so, major league debut for the young kid. Um, I, he's only 22 years old. He retired the first 15 batters, stuck out 10. That's a good uh, way to start his career off. Uh, wasn't as good as uh, Clay Buckholz, but it was definitely close enough. Wouldn't have like a no-hitter in the second start. Yeah, uh, of course uh, he was drafted by the Mets, <laughs> Clay Buckholz, and, uh, and they uh, traded him. Well, no, they didn't trade him. He was actually a compensatory pick, I believe, for David Wright. If that mm-hmm. was correct, I'm not sure. I think he had something to do with drafting David Wright. I don't remember, though. We'll see what happens. Everyone's a call. By the way, A-Rod strikes out with the bases loaded, but a uh, uh, wild pitch before that gets the Yankees uh, on the board. Two to Two one. Two to one. So, uh, well, so, John Sterling just got a little crazy on the uh, air. The Yankees down on the board here, and they're down by a run uh, against the uh, uh, the Blue Jays and Phil McGowan, as the Yankees tried to uh, win two out of three there. Uh, we'll see what happens in that division. The Yankees uh, get a, um, a good series this weekend against the Devil Rays, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, Steve Traxel was annoyed today because uh, his Orioles got rained out against the Devil Rays. So huh. I guess so I guess they'll uh, play again. They'll try to play that game in uh, tomorrow. Well, whatever I guess Steve uh, pitches, it's about a five-hour game. Well, yeah, I mean, with Steve Traxel, it's... It's like one one thousand, two one thousand, three one thousand. Yeah, the Islanders just hit the post. By the way, that's trying amazing. to fight tough, but fifteen minutes left, Rangers up two nothing, and that's how we'll end you off. I mean, uh, right now New York team's doing pretty well tonight. So, all right, yeah, we're gonna end off in a moment here. Uh, next week we'll be back on once again. Uh, all right, we'll all right. We'll see you guys next week here on Ace Man and the Quas. Hope you enjoy the show as always. I'll we'll be right off. back next week, same time, same place. Ace Man of the Quas. See you next week. With some music. Yeah, let's see our numbers. You're good. We had one kid and... Um, one um like a uh, interview. I think it was the one you beat from fun. Steven's still on the air. <laughs> yeah.
Blog Talk Radio.